The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Source of Truth podcast. And we're so glad you're with us today as we finish out uh, this week in the Word of God. And I hope these last few episodes have really been an encouragement. We started the week off looking at Joseph and we talked about the idea of really hindsight 2020, that now he's able to look back on all of the events that took place between the day he was the days the two days he was given the two dreams back when he was at home to the pit, Potiphar's house, prison, palace, all these different uh, all these different things. And now he stands in front and he's interpreting a dream. He can look back and see how even though it didn't make sense at the time, now it all made sense how God was going to use this to make it all work. And we can see that. We can see how that was working together. So we spent the next couple of days uh, walking through how to rec- recognize the will of God, how to make wise decisions in the will of God. Today, we're going to take a few minutes and talk about how to remain, how to stay in the will of God. I'll be honest with you, um, many would tell you that this one is a little more complicated. I, I don't think so. Uh, for you to find the will of God, there's some things that I think automatically have to take place. Number one, if you're going to find the will of God, that means you've worked to make sure you're right with God. There's no, there's no unconfessing in your life. Number two, you're in the word of God in prayer. Uh, you're, trying to, you're trying to stay close to God. You're trying to hear his voice, recognize you. You're in church. You're involved. You're doing something. You've kind of already taken the complicated steps to put your life in a bit of a habit that makes it, makes it to where you are in the center of God's will. And, and I don't think personally the battles from Satan get com- more complicated once you're in the center of God's will than after. So I, I would say that a lot of it is just keep doing. It, it, that sounds very simplistic and probably too simplistic. So I have what, five thoughts, five thoughts and um, that I think will be a huge help. And when we talk about the of staying in the word, staying in the will of God, persevering, keep going, being fruitful, growing in it. And again, as I mentioned before, mentioned the last couple episodes, there's so much more that we could. When you talk about the, the discussion of the will of God, uh, I could take several months on a morning or su- a Sunday evening series or Wednesday night study, and we could go for, for months talking about different aspects of the will of God, how to recognize it, how, all these different things. But I'm giving a bit of an overview in each one of these as an as introductory thoughts, so and maybe one day we'll dig deeper. But um, I think these are helpful, and I hope they're encouraging. So let's begin um, starting at the first one. We're talking about staying in the will of God. What? How do we do it? Five things. Number one, keep the right focus. Keep the right focus. Um, Hebrews 12.2 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners that ye, against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. One of the things he tells us is, consider him who endured all these battles. When we're struggling, when there's battles and things going on, it, consider that we're not the only one. Jesus has gone through it. He set an example of how to endure these things. But he says, looking unto Jesus, looking unto him, what he's done, keep the right focus. Uh, simply be in the Bible, be in prayer. Uh, these two things, we talked about them, I think, to be, make sure you know you're in the center of God's will. These two things are necessary. You have to be 
in prayer. You have to be in the Bible. You have to make sure you're right with God. You have to be in the Word of God to let it teach you. Uh, those two things are necessary. And again, I, I've always said I'm not one of those that says, if, well, if you miss a day, you're in horrible sin. Can I tell you, if we guilt people into doing devotions simply because, oh, you're falling apart or you're, you're not right with God or whatever, you're in great sin <clears throat> because you're not doing your devotions, um, I think we missed the point that devotions are less about me not doing not or being guilt into a lifestyle and more about me acknowledging the need for God's direction. And that's what we need to do. We acknowledge the need for God's direction, which drives us to the Word of God for answers, drives us to prayer for encouragement. So if you look at it that way, just I think it changes for me, it changes everything. But the third thing under this is not be in prayer, be in fellowship, not alone. Be in fellowship. It's interesting in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, Peter had just finished. Um, preaching his message, people got saved. And so there's a description of what uh, they all did, the apostles and the people of this new church did. And it says, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers, what many call the four pillars of the local church. Um, there's obviously the doctrine, the truth of the word of God, fellowship as God intended it to be, the breaking of bread, some would say even communion or the breaking of the bread of the life, the word of God and prayers. But these four things are absolutely necessary. And one of them is fellowship. You are not going to be able to maintain and stay strong if you try to do it on your own. You need to be in with God. You need to be in other people. That is how God designed it. And to think, I'm, I don't need church, I don't need this. A lot of people say that, but then I can promise you, if you think you don't need church and you don't need these things, you're not successful in your walk with God. Well, I know this. Don't get me wrong. You probably have an awful lot of knowledge, but that doesn't mean you're successful in your walk with God. It just doesn't. So the first thing is uh, keep the right focus, or like I say, is... Um, Keep focused. Number two, persevere or keep going. Acknowledge and fight the spiritual warfare. Now, you know what? If you were to study it, let me go ahead and read the verse I have here. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 says this. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Who wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, here's one one we realize the battle in verse 12. We wrestle not against each other. We're wrestling against Satan. We're wrestling against a great battle, uh, a great f a warfare against Satan. But here's interesting. Verse um, 10, he says, be strong. And then verse 11, put on. These are not defensive things. Too many times in our Christian journey when it comes to spiritual warfare, we think if I hide in the corner of our house and I never do anything, then I will win the spiritual war. No, you're actually getting beaten up. Uh, to win the spiritual warfare means you need to do something. You need to go forward. You need to be offensive in the spiritual war. If you were to study out the armor that Jesus put into the Word of God here for us, one unique thing about them is none of it's defensive. As a matter of fact, the breastplate of righteousness, which they would put on, uh, those breastplates did not have anything to protect the back because it wasn't intended for you to run from battle. The safest way to go is to go to battle. I was listening to someone the other day using football as an illustration. They made an interesting point. This is true in football, pretty much any sport that has some level of contact. Uh, the, guy, the preacher was saying he was, and when he was playing football that he was afraid to get hurt. And so he would back off, afraid not to make the contact. And he was told, the problem is, if you are afraid to make contact, and so you're a little more timid, you are more likely to get hurt than when you're engaging in the contact. 
And that's true. I've heard that in all kinds of different sports. You don't want to get hurt. You be the one to engage it. You control more of what's going on. In soccer, when I played, people were more likely to get hurt and pretty serious injuries because they kind of backed off instead of being the offender and going around the other person. Um, this happens in our spiritual life as well. If we sit back in a defensive mode, hoping Satan will just leave us alone, ah, oh boy, it's, it's just going to beat us up. We need to keep going. We have the power of the Holy Spirit. We, we know we're right. Just, just keep, keep going. Don't be afraid. Don't be defensive. Number three, acknowledge and work through struggles. Keep strong. Acknowledge and work through struggles. Uh, this one's a unique verse, and I think, but it, it does fit. Um, where I'm going with this. Sometimes when I read it, you're going to say that isn't exactly, I don't think you, you got the wrong point, but stick with me here for a second. Ephesians 4 verse 26, Paul tells us, church, be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. You know, I reuse this one for one reason. The first couple of words are be ye angry. And then he says, and sin not. Too often people want to say, they want to compare the emotion of anger with sin. Now, please understand something. You can become an angry person that is controlled and consumed by anger, which develops into bitterness and develops into things. But what happens is you've allowed the anger to stick around and then you are sinning. Um, affecting other people, bitterness, the things that anger can develop is what it means in sin not. Be angry, but understand that there could be valid reasons for anger. There may be... Um, righteous indignation. You're angry at the way the world's going, angry at what people are doing. You're saying angry at the scenarios going on, angry at the way Satan's gotten to your family, all these different things, but they drive you to a different conclusion. Um, being an angry person by general, it's better, you know, you say, well, I'm just an angry person. Well, you're just a bitter person is really what it is. Uh, and anger is a God-given emotion to deal with certain scenarios. If you're just an angry person, you're not really an angry person, you're a bitter person. So it's, it's a lot different there. Um, but what, he, what I'm saying is there's all kinds of different emotions. Too many times people want to say that as Christians, we don't battle with normal emotions. We don't battle with anger. We don't battle with fear. We don't battle with frustration or discouragement, depression, things of that nature. And I believe that's absolutely untrue. We do battle those things. And sometimes because we're convinced that we shouldn't, anybody right with God won't battle with those things. The problem is then when we do battle, we don't. We, we try to ignore it, try to act like it's not there. We never really deal with what's in front of us. And it's a great way to find ourselves discouraged and out of God's will because we don't want to acknowledge it really happens. Uh, we have these emotions. God's put them under our life. We, need, we can't let them control us. Please understand me. But we have to understand they are there. If you don't acknowledge that anger is an emotion from God and how to deal with it, fear is an emotion. Now we say don't be controlled by fear. No. But fear is an emotion that God has given us. There are things in our life that should make us fearful. They protect us. It's a natural tendency to protect us from doing things that otherwise might cause us harm. But we aren't to be consumed by fear. And people can use it. If you allow it, people will use fear to keep you from living life and keep you from doing anything else. Or fear, if I step outside my door, this is going to happen. Or if I go to church, this is going to happen. And, and we can. We, we can. we can allow these different things to control and fear. Everybody needs to be wise and make their own decisions. But at the same case, um, fear is there, but it's not to consume us. And so all of these different emotions that come into our life, they are emotions that God has given us because we are humans and God has given us those. They're there for a reason. The question is, are we going to ignore them and therefore they get worse or act like they're not real or not deal with them or whatever, and then it just grows and then they do consume us. So acknowledge and work through the battles that come in life because they do come in life. Um, number four, keep growing. If I'm going to stay in the will of God, 
I have to keep growing. And it says in 2 Peter 1, verse 5, and besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith. And then he goes through and gives a list of things to add to your faith. The simple premise is, if you are not adding to your faith, if you're not growing, if you're not moving forward in the Christian journey, you will find yourself struggling. You'll wonder, am I truly saved? The next verse in, in 1 Peter says, those people who have not done this, they have forgotten that they were once purged from their own sins. You begin to doubt your salvation because you're not adding, you're not growing. And when you're not doing that, you begin to wonder if any of this is real. Did I really do this? And it's not that you're not saved. It's the fact you don't feel it because you're not adding. If you're not growing and moving forward in something, then you're not in the center of God's will. Because when you're in the center of God's will, he puts you here and then he moves you to, you're always moving towards a desired destination. By the way, that desired destination is something that's still way in front of us. We have small steps to get there. The light where is a lamp unto my feet and light on my path. One step at a time. But we have to understand, I have to be in the center and moving forward. Number five, walk by faith. Keep believing. Walk by faith. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7, the Bible, Paul told the church of Corinth, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Uh, just keep moving by faith. Satan's going to give you all kinds of reasons to be convinced that this is not real, this is not working, that God's lying to you. If you were really in the center of God's will, you would bless. Man, if you followed me, I'd give you so many great blessings. No different than what he told you in the garden. So he's not changed his point of view. He's not changed anything of it from then to now. He's the same way, and it still works, by the way. You all know that. Many of you would say, yep, I know exactly what you're talking about. It still works. We need to be wise in how we approach um, how we approach, you know, what we believe and don't, don't listen to Satan. Keep believing, keep growing. So let me, let me try to give these things. We say keep the right focus or keep focused is the word I used. Um, persevere or keep strong. Don't, don't ignore the battles. Go at them. Fight Satan. If you've got a problem in your home, get on your knees. Pray. Be serious. Get in church. Take the offensive. Acknowledge and work through the struggles. Struggles keep going. Keep going. Uh, keep growing. And then walk by faith. Keep believing. Uh, again, the key is just keep going. Where you've got, don't stop. We never get to a point in our Christian journey where we get somewhere where we're like, oh, whew, I'm finally here. Yes, that's actually called glorification. When we get our glorified body and our glorified minds and we're standing in the presence of Jesus in heaven. And that's either going to come through the rapture or through your death. But it will not come as long as we are here on this earth because we are in a sinful society and our bodies have that sinful nature and we will never get to that point on this side of heaven. So don't, don't assume I get there, oh, it's going to be easy. It's not, life isn't easy to begin with. I don't think anybody would, would deny that. But it's easier when you have someone to walk through the journey with and that's what the will of God is. And when you're there, can I tell you, I don't believe the will of God is difficult. I don't believe the will of God is tricky. I don't believe God is trying to trick us into something we don't know or ha ha ha, I gotcha. God is desiring to have, give us an easy path that will come with his conflict, will come with his battles, will come with the valleys of the shadow of death, will come with all of those things, but will also come with his unwavering presence, comfort, and strength. That is the greatest way to walk through life. And it comes with great fruit, comes with great blessing. Don't just, not what you want. That's what I know what I want. And so we strive our best. We pray every day, Lord, help me to recognize your voice 
and to stay in the center of God's will. I hope these things over the last couple of days have been encouragement. If somehow this is the first one you've watched, you know, kind of catching in Joseph, and you realize that we've been talking about the will of God, I encourage you to go back. I think it's three more episodes. I want to say it's Tuesday. Uh, I think it's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, if I'm not mistaken. And I encourage you to go back and look at these different episodes. They're on YouTube, Facebook. Uh, YouTube's probably the easiest way to find them. You can even go to our our, um, our website, bensalembaptist.org, and just go to Source of Truth Podcast and just go back to the last couple episodes, download the audio, whatever it would be, the last few episodes. And I really believe these are helpful, and I encourage you to just grab a hold of all of these and make them part of your journey in your daily life. Thank you for taking the time this week to join us, and we look forward to a great weekend here on church. We I know people say, what about snow? I'm going to be honest with you, there's not supposed to be a lot, if any. It's only a small percentage of chance. So we're going to move forward. If you find you wake up and you find that it's just there's too much snow, you can't get out of your parking lot, uh, then that is what it is. But we're going to have to, we understand that, uh, we're going to have church. Uh, we're going to have church. We're planning for both services. So we invite you to join us uh, 10 o'clock here in the morning, 5 o'clock in the evening. And let's get together and have church and have a great time worshiping God together. We hope you have a great weekend, a great rest of your day. God bless.